0: You are listening to the Clergy Chick podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From September the 20th, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, Back in July, way back in July, the months are long, right? I got what I can only believe to be a spider bite, a spider bite. After months of quarantining, after my husband and I had done months of everything right so as not to catch the coronavirus, we decided we would take our family on a little trip. We called it our social distance vacation. I've learned the word, the proper word for this since. The word is boondocking. You heard that? We went boondocking. And so the plan was we would go up to the mountains and we got a cabin for the week by a river and we would stay away from people, social distance. We, you know, we had to worry about the restroom stops on the way and so we masked up and sanitized and my little one, we weren't gonna even let him go to a public restroom so he literally watered every bush between here and Tennessee. (laughs) Took us 97 hours to get there. We did everything right not to catch the coronavirus. So the idea was, in my mind, the the vision, the fantasy was, I would take a couple of books, we'd hang a hammock by the trees, and I would sit by the river with my books and commune with nature. That was the plan. Well, apparently nature liked that plan, and nature wanted to commune a little too close to me. In the cabin, I saw these little brown spiders. I didn't I mean, they're kind of creepy, but I didn't want to be the girly girl, right? Eee, you know, that kind of thing. And so, I was, you know, played it cool. It's like a couple spiders. No big deal. No big deal. I can do this. And then the last morning, when we woke up to come home, I woke up with this huge whelp on my body, and it burned, and my lymph nodes were swollen and spider bite. I avoided all the ways that I could catch coronavirus, but I neglected one way that I could catch a toxin and a pathogen into my body and it turns out that neglecting that way it turned out it bit me in the forehead you thought something else didn't you bit me in the forehead if you want I'll show you the scar after the service we can do everything right to prevent ourselves from catching the coronavirus everything right and yet there is still a pathogen that's on the loose in the form of mental health issues. Did you know that um, almost a quarter of Americans are presenting some uh, depression? A quarter, 25% of us are dealing with depression. That's up three times the amount bef- from before the pandemic, three times. of us are dealing with depression, not to mention the anxiety disorders and the increase in substance abuse. We're struggling, generally, we're struggling as a people. And so let me ask the question to you. How are you doing? Like, really, how are you? There's a a normal sort of COVID fatigue that most of us, maybe many of us, I don't know about most, but many of us feel the sort of normal COVID fatigue is what I call it. I feel it, maybe you feel it. But then there's something a little more uh, dark. So if you have had severe mood changes, if you're not sleeping, if there are dark thoughts that you can't get rid of, I hope And I pray that you'll seek help. Talk to your doctor about it. Come talk to me. Find somebody to talk to about that. Because it's hard to thrive if you can't even really survive, right? We want you to survive first. Then we'll get you to thrive. So the rest of the message is for for the second tier. If you're surviving okay and you're not dealing with those deep, dark depression or anxiety, well, well, this message is then for you. All right? We're going to get you to thrive. That's our hope, and that's our prayer, and that's what God wants for us. We read from the book of Psalms, you will flourish like a cedar in Lebanon. God wants you to flourish, and so do I. So how do we do that? You may have known, or several people even, who have done open-heart surgery. Not done it, but received it. Known anybody with open-heart surgery, like a valve replacement or a blockage, you know, that type of thing? And so th- this is kind of the result of some emergency. Maybe there was a heart attack or, 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 sim- or symptoms or uh, perhaps they failed a stress test. There was something that prompted the open-heart surgery. You just don't kind of choose, hey, I think I want to have open-heart surgery today. Anybody, anybody want to do that with me? Anybody? No, Now there's something that prompts you to get open-heart surgery, right? So a few of the people that I've talked to who have had open-heart surgery, a few months after, They say that they never felt so energetic, they never had so much energy, they didn't realize how drained and depleted they felt before the surgery. And then after the surgery, the doctor tells them, oh, now that you've had this done, feel free to eat all the fatty food, all the trans fat that you wanna eat. No problem, that's what they say, right? No, they have to eat what? A heart-healthy diet. Maybe, maybe if they had eaten that heart-healthy diet along the way, they wouldn't be where they are now. But now they're really serious. They've got to eat this heart-healthy diet. If you want to have a healthy heart, you eat a heart-healthy diet. If you want to be emotionally healthy, you need an emotionally healthy diet. So we're going to talk just a little bit more about that today. This is so simple. This is simple, isn't it, Nurse Kelly? It's simple, right? So easy to be emotionally healthy. There was a song that um, I learned when I was a kid. When I was, uh, I guess, an, uh, maybe a tween, like 11 or 12, I was on the puppet team at my church because that's what all the cool kids did not. <clears throat> I, was on, I was on the puppet team, and there was a song that we would do with puppets. And so I'm going to sing you the song. <clears throat> Are you ready? Input, output, What goes in is what comes out. Input, output, that is what it's all about. Input, output, your mind is a computer whose input, output. Daily you must choose. Let the Bible be your primary feed. It's got all the data you need. Talk to Jesus all the time. That's the way that you can stay online. If you're wondering, I really was not cool as a teenager. (laughs) But this is such a simple thing. What goes in is what comes out. We have to have an emotionally healthy diet if we want to be emotionally healthy. It's not the only ingredient, just like heart health. A diet is not the only ingredient to have heart health. It's part of it. But we're talking about this part today. This is part that we can change. You can't change your DNA but you can change your emotional diet. So, garbage in, garbage out. Bad news in, bad news out. Vitriol in, vitriol out. What are you putting in your mind? So Paul, writing to his favorite church, the church at Philippi, and he offers this simple advice from chapter 4, verse 8. This it's it's so simple. It's, it's like childlike. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I was talking with a church member this week, and we were... Uh, talking about some of the, we had been reading some of the same things about how people during coronavirus have gotten radicalized. Have you been reading about this? How people have gotten radicalized because they've been bored and there's been nothing to do. They've been stuck at home and so they've gotten on their computers and they allow the computer algorithms to lead them down into dark and weird rabbit holes and they've become radicalized. And we don't even know it. We just kind of follow what YouTube recommends or what Facebook kind of suggests. And we kind of just follow this and we follow that. And we, we get sucked into this rabbit hole because we're filling our minds with things oftentimes that aren't true and certainly not healthy. And we were talking about how people are doing that. She, she said to me, she said, I just don't get it. She said, I've not, I've not been doing that. I've just been reading the Bible. <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea. Wow, why didn't I think of that? Fantastic idea. And so during this coronavirus, we've been careful not to catch the coronavirus, right? But we have been less careful about what kind of toxins, what kind of pathogens, emotional pathogens, we're letting into our lives. What kind of different choices might we make in order to have what the Apostle Paul says? You do these things. You think on what's pure and noble, excellent, praiseworthy, You do these things, and the peace of God, he writes, that passes all understanding will be yours. It's a simple equation. If we want emotional health, we need a healthy emotional diet. And when we do that, we find the peace of God. Now, this isn't some Pollyanna thing that Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. Paul, when he's writing, he's actually in prison, he's on death row. He gets how serious things are. And he recognizes that his friends in Philippi are probably going to face some persecution and face some serious challenges. He's on death row himself. And yet he writes, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, if it's honorable, if it's praiseworthy, think about these things. It's almost as if he's telling his friends in Philippi, be positive as an act of resistance. So how do we do this? How do we train our brains? It's simple steps, really. Maybe we can't do it all at once, but we can take incremental baby steps towards increasing the amount of healthy emotional diet we're intaking. So here are some suggestions. These aren't all the suggestions. There are just a few. First one is this. Embrace beauty. When's the last time you stopped and noticed something really beautiful? So you wake up early, maybe before the hustle and bustle, you listen to the birds and notice how beautiful. Go on a walk and look for beauty in the plants, maybe in the water, in the sky, in the sunrise or the sunset. Maybe even in the faces of the passersby that you walk by. Turn off the TV and turn on some music, maybe even some classical music, some Bach or something beautiful. You know, we have five senses, and we can experience beauty through all five of our senses. The second suggestion is to learn something new. Learn something new. Decide to uh, learn how to play that instrument or pick up the paintbrush. Maybe take an online course in some interesting topic. Read a book outside of your normal genre. This is a great time to better yourself, to grow in some new and strange and interesting way here's the third one. It's a little different. Make productive use of your anger. We're an angry nation. It seems like everybody's angry. Everybody's angry right now, and that's okay. It's okay to feel angry. Angry is a normal human emotion. Your anger is telling you something. Sit with your anger. Don't react to it. Figure out what your anger is trying to tell you. It's telling you something. There's a change that you can make, or there's something that you need to to do as a result of that anger. Listen to that anger. Number four, take up spiritual practices. You could set a goal to read a book of the Bible, or take up contemplative prayer. Gratitude journaling is one of my big ones, you know. Maybe even write a spiritual memoir. It doesn't have to be a tome, but just a few pages on how you got to the spiritual place you're at now your ups and downs, your beliefs and your doubts. If we want more peace in our lives, there are things that we can do to create more peace in our lives. And a lot of it, and I'm scared to say this because the last time I said this, I almost faced the guillotine, but, uh, you know, turn off the cable news. Turn, turn it off. And uh, Okay, all right, we good? All right, turn off the cable news and pick up something different, something that's a little more emotionally healthy for us. The world may be on fire. It may be a hot mess. It feels like it to me. It does. <laughs> but think about if the world's on fire, where do you want to be? You want to be in the ocean, don't you? If the world is on fire, think about sea creatures. When there's a hurricane or there's a fire, right? If you're on the surface, if the fish are on the surface, they're, they're be kind of uh, tossed and tussled a little bit by a hurricane, but the deeper they go, the less... The surface bothers them. So, this is a time, I believe, that God is collectively calling us to go deeper, to tap into the deepest part of ourselves where the very Spirit of God lives, to tap into that. We're going to need it. We're going to need it over these next few months. So, tap into that which is deep inside of you and bring it up so that you have the strength for the facing of these days. You want peace? Do your part to create it. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.